everybody welcome back to the eurovision rewind podcast this is the show where we take a retrospective look at the eurovision song contest of the past in the years in which they took place i am uh a a circus tent converted into a dress jonathan um uh the surprising use of auto-tune <laughs> in the oh. cutest song of this contest millen i forgot mm-hmm. about that i am the king of the schlager tastrophe ellis <laughs> And if you haven't guessed it, I have a feeling I know what you mean. Yes. (laughs) And if you haven't guessed it and you haven't looked at the title, we are talking about the year 2000 in Eurovision. And before we get to the song contest, what were your songs of the week? Right. So my song of the week, (laughs) uh, my song of the week is, um, is lady open brackets, hear me tonight, close brackets by Mudjo, um, which is kind of like a... Uh, so keep in mind that I am, uh, even though this is one of my like favorite eras of music, I'm somewhat shaky on timeline. So I could be making this factoid up, but I think this is, this, this to me is kind of like the last big song of the first wave of French filter house before like pre pre discovery by Daft Punk. Um, this is like, cause I, I, I mostly, this is a, a really disjointed song recommendation. But French Filter House, for those who are not aware, listen to Daft Punk's first album and then be like, hmm, what if this had less Acid House? And then go listen to DJ Falcon and uh, Together and Stardust and be like, damn, this is some funky shit. And so this was kind of the last of that first wave of funky shit um, that started in like 94. Uh, and then I would say ended when Discovery came out because that was like, such a monumental moment and then right after that you started to start moving more into bloghouse and more into sebastian and justice and that sort of harder headbanger stuff uh, as opposed to Roulet and Crydemore. um but long story short this is a great ridiculously catchy song that is uh just like an awesome french house song that you should go check out <laughs> uh, i believe it's famous for uh to perhaps the greater public as a song from the GTA radio, GTA five radio, oh, I think that tracks GTA has GTA is a surprisingly good bangers, soundtrack. Yeah. Also shout outs to the Forza horizons hospital radios. <laughs> Interesting. <All laughs> Have right. you spent a lot of time in the Forza horizon hospital? Uh, no, um, Sorry, Hospital Records. It's a drum and bass label from the UK. <laughs> but they have one, I think, in Forza, which is like, hell yeah. Hospital. Awesome. <laughs> um, uh, my song this week is called You Are Invited by Dismemberment Plan off ooh. their 1999 album, Emergency and I. Um, so if I were to do Ellis's thing of choosing a song from the year, I would be rather upset with myself. Uh because it's just a year off, but it's not, and I'm not doing that, so it's fine. Uh, Dismemberment Plan is an emo group. Um, mm-hmm. They're not actually from the Midwest, but if you've ever <laughs> followed a music meme page and you've heard of uh, Midwest emo, like early 2000s Midwest emo, yes. um, a lot of their album uh, captures that same energy. Um, but You Are Invited in particular is a particularly, like it's a, pretty wholesome song um it's basically saying hey people want you around you're welcome to be in places you're nice that's great and yeah it's it's a good it's a fun song i mean it's a fun emo song and it's and it's got a nice message so 
I'm all for it. I love that. Um, I didn't prepare one, and I've just gone through three different songs, but the one that I've decided on um, is Bitter Rivals by Sleigh Bells. Yes. Um, Sleigh Bells, if you don't know, are like... Very hard to describe. It's like if you combined like 80s riff rock and like current dance music you'd get whatever this is and it's very high energy and it almost doesn't sound like real music because it kind of just sounds like a lot of disparate things put together in one like all of their songs kind of sound like this just a bunch of disparate things into one song but um yeah bitter rivals is a bop and i've been listening to that recently so yeah millen i'm listening to your dismemberment plan song right now and i cannot believe this came out in 99 this is awesome it's a really like the whole album is really good. Definitely yeah. worth a listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a gander. Definitely, this is this is good. Hey, so are we ready for the year in review? I think we are. But like, what else could possibly happen in the year 2000 aside from Lady Hear Me Tonight being released and Alice being born? So like, there's the whole year right there. We're born. That's the coolest year of all. Hell yeah. We're about to find out what happens. Wait, Jonathan, what about you? Yeah, I was. Well, you'll find out as I go through the year in review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm excited. All right, Y2K, the international year for the culture of peace, the world mathematical year 2000. The dawning of the third millennium was quite eventful. The internet was still in its infancy, with the Filipino I Love You computer virus spreading worldwide through email, and the first short film to be widely distributed on the internet being released. Back to reality, the US dollar became the official currency of Ecuador, the Orison Bridge between Denmark and Sweden was officially opened and a powerful solar flare started a geographic storm here on planet Earth. Politically, things were just as hectic as usual. Fuel protests took place in the UK. Yugoslavian president Slobodan Milosevic resigned after mass demonstrations in Belgrade. The second Chechen war raged and votes were recounted in Florida following the 2000 presidential election with the winner being decided a month after election day. What a time. (laughs) Yeah. It was wild. President Bush, baby, in terms of... Quick question. Did you say Yugoslavia? Yeah. Um. I also... This is also weird for me. Um. Yeah. Um. I think... So, like, Yugoslavia, like, fell in, like, the 90s, yeah. basically. But um, what ended up being known as Serbia and Montenegro, I'm pretty sure it was still known as Yugoslavia. Like, I think at the 2000 um, Olympics, they were... They entered as, like, SF Yugoslavia or... Or um, S- oh, okay, SR Yugoslavia, yeah. Socialist Republic. Soviet. Safar, yeah. That's cool. I did not know that country existed. Yes. <laughs> um, Neat. Yes. It shows you how much I know about his politics. <laughs> in terms of tragedy and loss, nine died and 26 were injured at the Rockslide Music Festival in Copenhagen. A fireworks disaster killed 23 in Enschede, Netherlands. A petroleum pipeline exploded, killing thousands—or excuse me, hundreds—in southern Nigeria. And the USS Cole was bombed by Al Qaeda members in Yemen. From the Sydney Olympics to the announcement of the GameCube to the Chernobyl power pl- plants officially being shut down, 2000 was definitely a year to remember. Aside from all of this, though, there are three events that are widely acknowledged to be the most important this year. The birth of Ellis, the birth of myself, and the 2000 Eurovision Song Contest, which (laughs) took place in Stockholm, Sweden, at the Gluben Arena on May 13th. Let's get ready to rewind to 2000. If I can add, yes, I just realized that I had a much better introduction for myself, which was uh, Turkish internet celebrity, Milan (laughs) Shunoi. Wait, what? (laughs) Do you remember the little um, intro? Oh, we skipped that one. Oh, okay. Uh, if I may briefly touch on them. Yes. Um, 
they all took place in or around Sweden. They were and then, wild as well. Yeah, we watched almost all of them except for like the last few. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so then you know the you know the trend of showing something iconic. Oranges from, from the, Cyprus. Or yeah. <laughs> Dog from Belgium. Barry from Finland, like. <laughs> oh, we didn't the, see the that Turkish one. one. Was an internet celebrity from Turkey, which oh, I so thought funny. was very cutting edge. What is a what is a Turkish internet celebrity in two thousand mean? What it, okay? It showed like on the movie. It showed um, he basically had a blog of pictures of himself. So <laughs> he was the very first Instagrammer uh, on his very own web page. I think that guy walked so that guy from um, Serbia in the OGAE second chance could run. <laughs> God. Ugh. Yeah, we just uh, for we, the for the mm. for the listeners, we just watched the results of. The second chance contest 2020 and uh, the wounds are still fresh. Yeah, we'll probably oh, put a, like a, a 20 minute recap of that on the Patreon that might yeah. already be up by the time this is up. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I also found some information about what was charting in Europe. Um, normally I would have you guys guess them, but um, I have a feeling this will be a pretty long episode anyway. And there are also like 20 songs that got number one this year. So I'll just go through them really quick. They were... If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time by R. Kelly, Move Your Body by Eiffel 65, Sex Bomb by Tom God. Jones and Moose T. Eiffel 65 had a second hit? Yeah, I What guess. the fuck? This is the, the most surprised I've been since um, Scatman John had two songs for number one <laughs> in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> there was also um, American Pie by Madonna, Maria Maria by Santana featuring the, pro- the product G&B, Oops, I Did It Again by Britney, it's My Life Bon Jovi, The Real Slim Shady by Eminem, Freestyler, Bomb Funk MCs, I'm Out of Love by Anastasia, Lucky by Britney Spears, Music by Madonna, Could I Have This Kiss Forever by Whitney Houston and Enrique Iglesias, Beautiful Day by U2, Lady Hear Me Tonight by Mojo, Shape of My Heart by Backstreet Boys, One More Time by Daft Punk, Woohoo! Independent Women Part 1 by Destiny's Child, and Stand by Eminem featuring Dido. A question. Yes. If you go to Eiffel 65's Spotify page, yes, you will see something released September 21st, 2020. Are you joking? Is it actually them? I'm not. I oh, know. yes, it is actually them. They did reunite. That, what? The, what? Who asked for that not to be rude? <laughs> uh, I mean, Crazy Frog is apparently back as well. What? Wow. People really what have nothing year. to do in quarantine. 100 Gex, Tommy Cash in this bit. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, I don't know if you saw this, but 100 Gex is the artist in residence for NYU this year. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh. I don't want to talk. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> what does that Maybe mean, artist in residence at NYU? Maybe I'm they, gonna get a music degree now. No, Samuel. <laughs> they did do their first ever live show at NYU. Um, there's uh-huh. some. There's some deep cut Gex knowledge for you. Ayo. Well, Ellis, uh, if you want to cut this part out, and if you're interested. Um, there's an introductory live stream on October 23rd at yes. I think 4 p.m. your time, um, wherein they talk about their music production uh, process and kind of say hello to <laughs> their artist in residency position. Ellis will be attempting to attend that. It's on Twitch. Ellis will be attending that. Yep. <laughs> that is insanity. Um but yeah, that's kind of everything about the year 2000 at large. If you have, if you guys have any comments, reactions, questions, concerns, if not, I think we'll be moving on to the Eurovision. Yeah, I'm just like 
I love that Majo and Daft Punk had number ones that year. That's great. I love that. Electronic music in circa late 90s, early 2000s, kind of tapped. Mm-hmm. When is your, not to, not, to, to, not to dox you, but when is your birthday again? November 12th. Oh, yeah. So um, Majo was number one the week you were born. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Destiny Child was number one the week I was born, which I feel like oh, let's is go, very, is very suiting yeah, yeah, yeah. to our yeah. music taste. <laughs> God, that's really cool. I mm. like that. That's way better than, that's way better than astrology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're ready to get into Eurovision 2000. It was, like I said, it was hosted at... The Globe Arena in Stockholm by Katis Alström and Anders Lunden um, for SVT of Sweden. Anders Lunden was cracking me up. Which one was he? Oh, that, the, that was the, the host. Yeah, the, the man. Um, yeah, yeah, he was fun. I liked his, him. His, his, God, the fashion at this point is oh yes, bonkers. His pink shirt was bonkers. Sight to behold, Mama. Yeah. Yes. The amount of vinyl in this whole contest <laughs> yes. is enough to completely furnish a 50s-style diner. <laughs> yeah. Should oh. be clarified, the clothes, not the records. The yes. yes, yes. This yeah. was not a Romania 2003 moment. God. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. awesome. That was so fun. Yeah. Uh, like, honestly, okay, so I did this a couple times in this contest, and I think it kind of describes it. Is that there? So I, I I was watching this with Jonathan, and I, very multiple times did points at screen. <laughs> this is stupid, <laughs> and that describes the contest, and that's not a not a bad thing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I should probably um. I was just thinking about this. Um, the voting. So um, it was in the televote era of almost every country had a televote, which started in nineteen ninety eight, like we talked about in our first. Or in our episode about 98. Yeah. And I think it ended up getting like, the juries ended up getting involved in like 2009. But, oh, um, wow. Okay. So this is like mostly televote based then. Yeah. And like for me, this is like the mm. good part of the televote era where like it hasn't gone to such a point where people pick up on what televoters vote for and then, you know, take in, take mm-hmm. a mile from the inch. And it's still like, it's still like, televote accessible compared to like the 90s where everything was slow and sad yeah because the jury's like that (laughs) we still haven't hit post verka televoting oh we have not hit verka we have not hit um eurovision 2002 like there's a lot of milestones in the in the televoting era (laughs) um but yeah i think unless there's anything else to talk about we're ready to move on to the first song the logo for this year was a pair of lips i liked that actually (laughs) yeah i don't know it's like I think I dislike it in a vacuum, but as the logo for Eurovision 2000, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that. Shall we get into it? I think we shall. Shall we go for it? Yes. Um, so, starting off the contest was Israel. This is uh, p- the band Ping Pong with the song Sameach. Be happy.
And before we do that, you know we're going to Controversy Corner. God, you know of it. course we are. Controversy Corner. I, I have a question. Can I predict what it is? What? I noticed at the end, uh, actually, I noticed two things that could be controversial. One is significantly more so than the other. First of all, what what Chinese characters did that guy have huh? on his chest? I don't know. That That's was, not what this is about, though. That was okay. <laughs> that was very strange. That was stupid. That was so weird. I feel like it doesn't mean what he thinks it means. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and secondly, I noticed a Syrian flag at the end. That's right. You did. <laughs> to be honest, this like transcends fa- like fun fact short and controversy corner. Like I don't know what this is, but anyway, so. The song Sameach by Ping Pong was chosen internally by the Israeli Broadcasting Authority. It was, quote, the best song of a bad bunch. God. The song itself is about... If this is the best one, imagine the other ones. <laughs> the song itself is about a woman who is depressed by the unrest and conflict in Israel and finds joy in masturbating with a cucumber and thinking about her Syrian boyfriend in Damascus. Wow. <laughs> wow. I would like to now do a dramatic reading of the English lyrics. Yeah. All day long, I sit in the kibbutz, in my hand a cigar, and it feels a little sour. All of the time, only depression and boredom. If I don't come, it will end with a bang. Be happy! Etc, etc. All day long, wars on television, and in Australia, there are floods again. What the fuck? Here comes the Sunday depression. I want, I want, a cucumber. Be happy. And now I have a new boyfriend from Damascus. When I'm sad, he sends me a red rose. It's not smart to love only when you feel like it. I want to do it with him all day long. Be happy. What the fuck? This, this Th- that's, that's not all. Absurd. There's more? That's not. Well, th- those are all the lyrics, but. Oh, God. Okay. I am like a few sentences into this paragraph. So at the time. <laughs> Let's hold our reactions to the end. I think. Yes. So at the time, there was great unrest between Israel and Syria. I, I have like a kind of like simplistic understanding of it. So like, I don't really know the like intricacies of this conflict. But um, I, from what I understand, it's mainly surrounding uh, the, the border between Israel and Syria uh, concerning the re- region of Golan. So um, the song, the platform for this song was Peace. And <laughs> they entered, um, so according to Ping Pong, they entered Eurovision as a joke, saying themselves that they entered the worst song off of their first album on a whim. All of them were students in some capacity. Chicky, who's like the blonde guy, studied nuclear physics, math, and computer science. Ahal, who's the blonde woman, studied literature. Yifat, who's the other woman, studied art. And Guy studied philosophy. There was great consternation over the lyrics and the group's decision to wave Syrian flags along with Israeli flags during their Eurovision performance. This caused the IBA to threaten withdrawal and sever ties with the group as they would not compromise their performance. And these threats um, extended until like a few days before the contest. Just before the contest, the producer resigned due to controversy. He was already in Sweden and he had to, he like left because he wasn't cool with it. And apparently um, Ahal and one of the backing vocalists were also concerned with the controversy. Two days before the contest, the IBA officially allowed their use of Syrian flags on stage. However, Israeli media were still very um, hypercritical of the group. Um, I ended up getting most of this information from this hour long documentary that someone made about uh, the band and their trip to Eurovision, which is actually really interesting because you kind of get a sense of how this happened and who the people were and kind of like their feelings towards the controversy and their reception at Eurovision. Um, And also, uh, this is pretty clear cut fun fact fjord. Um, This entry is also NME's magazine's pick to win the whole contest. What the fuck, NME? And finally. Oh my 
goodness. And finally, um, you probably missed this because like I, for context, I'd like watched this contest like a really long time ago and I've seen these performances on and off until now. And I didn't notice until I read about this during research, but this was the first act to feature a same sex kiss on a Eurovision stage. I missed that. It was really quick. It was between the two male members of the band. Wow. I completely missed that. Tattoo who? Yeah. Tattoo whom? Um, Chris, what's her name? Chris Siegfried's who? Oh God, yeah, 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 yeah. Ding dong. That's wild. Oh, that was bad. Everything about this was incredible. This song is atrocious. Like this, it's really a travesty. It's, it's an insult to music. It, it is. Ah. It's god awful. It's it is, it is god awful. They 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 don't have. They n- none of them are in key. With any of the other ones, the costuming is iconic. I I wrote down uh, shitty do and schlager do. Um, I said thrifted. Oh yeah, very that. One dude I, is, I could very yep, yep. much see that being ironically thrifted today. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one dude is shaved bald with an open jacket and has two Chinese characters painted on his chest. Um, they look like they're all on ketamine and <laughs> the entire thing is just painful to listen to. I love it, but holy shit, this is bad. This is truly, I think the best opener we've ever had. I wholeheartedly agree. Yes. As far as an opening goes, nothing can ever have as much impact as this first song. <laughs> <laughs> nothing and yeah. uh, nothing ever. <laughs> yeah. Cause what do you want your opener to do? You want your opener to kick it off with a bang. You want it to get you excited for the contest. You want it to be like, hell yeah, we're gonna we're about to watch some Eurovision. And you watch this and you're like, oh man, we are watching some freaking Eurovision. Absolutely. Yeah, this is I, okay. Jonathan, I did not know what the lyrics were saying. Oh, yes. so yeah. that explains so much for me. <laughs> because if we if we start to analyze the actual song instead of just rip into it, which is super fun to do, <laughs> um, the for the most part, things were completely flat affect from the performers, from the uh, singers. They had no emotion in their voice. They. Right before the main chorus, they had these droning, like, um, be happy. And it was, it was so, it was such this disgusting juxtaposition of this, like, bubblegum poppy, overly peppy and enthusiastic instrumental on top of people who cannot sing at all and clearly do not want to, like, do not want to perform well. It is very clear that these people are not in it to win it. And the background dancers uh, look to me like some madman is pulling puppets on a string. Like their limbs are flying <laughs> erratically. They're like floating across the stage, but not in a cool way. In, in a, they look like they are high on so much. Yeah. Mm. It, I, we didn't even mention the choreography. This yes. song has choreography, technically. Technically, I think there's a there's a big asterisk right there. <laughs> yeah, it is executed in the most loose, insane way, where it's like, oh yeah, sure, we're 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 supposed to stand here, like bounce our hips and throw our arm in a circle, and it looks like they're 
there are six-year-olds playing Just Dance <laughs> on the Wii. Not even on the Kinect, on the Wii. It's only tracking one of their hands, so they don't have to put that much effort into it. <laughs> I see what you mean, never mind. I was going to say, don't trash the Wii, my guy. <laughs> no, you're kidding me. I love the Wii. I have two of them in my closet. <laughs> one of them is mine, I just want to say. One of them is yours. <laughs> um, Jonathan, I am floored to hear your thoughts on this. I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. And this is... So, I think that... So, Ellis and I were watching this together. And there was, a, there was an act that came later that objectively wasn't as bad... But Ella said, this is worse because this is worse than this Israeli song because it seems so sincere. And the lack of sincerity really makes this work. And ugh, I don't know. It, the like the bad vocals like make this like if this had good vocals, like we, we wouldn't care about this as much because it would just be like a boring pop song with like, you know, a, 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 a standard vocal. Like the dissonance in the, like the oh. Like that, that makes the song. It really does. It really does. Um, it, it's I don't, beyond children's choir. It's something, it's a it new level of music. Completely. And I just, I, I'm, I'm, it's hard to describe this. It's hard to put my thoughts into words. I mean, oh, and also like watching the documentary made me realize that like these people are literally wild. Like they have some of like the strangest opinions and takes. What? Like, um, oh man, the, uh, like the bald guy is like really into philosophy and he was like i love dadaism and i think that people have the right to be idiots and to like not know things and to be ignorant and i support that oh, that's why and then fucking the woman on his chest and then the woman with the red hair um gave this like this like monologue pretty much where she was like it's a shame about homosexual men because so many women in israel are lonely what the <laughs> fuck and they're just so these are such weird people i feel like and apparently this group i missed that last word sorry could you say that again about the the gay people yeah oh she was like it's a shame that they're that gay men exist because so many women are so lonely which is just like oh my god and apparently this is kind of a big deal because this these people allegedly kind of represented for a lot like the youth of israel and youth culture god um and i just i just i just don't know what else to say about this i mean i wouldn't want anything to be different it's perfect in that way but um it is i i, I just mean like just truly awful but i'm obsessed with it if the if these people represent the youth of israel then i think i am safe in saying that the israeli kids are all right <laughs> <laughs> except for the the really odd take on homophobia <laughs> That was so weird. And she was like, oh, well, like a lot of the men in Israel die in war. So there are more women. And I was like, I don't know about that statistic. Also, I think wh haven't women been like serving in the Israeli military I, for like very long. Don't ask me about the idea. I, I guess I, I don't know anything. I don't either. But um, that was just so weird. And it was like in the middle of like this documentary talking about like Eurovision and like not that. So that <laughs> just caught me off guard. Yeah. This, yeah. This is this is truly exquisite for its horrendousness mm -hmm. it, it's like even even if you even like comparing this to so many of the other awful awful joke entries that we've had this just is better and worse than them all simultaneously yes like this is what that austrian dude in 2003 was trying he to wishes be. yeah he wishes um so this is gonna get half the people are gonna 
here you can only either vote this dead last or vote this in like third which (laughs) means it's going to get like 12th but it deserves simultaneously last place and third i i don't think i do not think that people will like this enough to vote for it i think people who like it and enjoy it are gonna say haha that was funny now i'll vote for the song i really like (laughs) so this is gonna i this is gonna sink like dead last if yeah like keep in mind though that this is a televote this is 100 percent televote I don't that like. Is, I don't see this getting null point. I feel like it's going to get top. Oh, sorry, bottom three. Okay, yeah. And for context, um, five countries did a jury vote, which meant that like nineteen did televote. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah. very heavy televote majority. I think that means we're ready to move on. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, <laughs> but I, I just could talk about that song for so long. But anyway, um, up next we have uh, Linda Wagenmacher with the song "No Goodbyes" for the Netherlands. And fun fact, Fjord and Controversy Corner. Whoa, again? Holy cow. So Linda is the voice of Dutch Mulan and Tiana. Oh. And has appeared in Dutch productions of Les Mis and Miss Saigon, to name a few. That's really cool. But Controversy Corner. So, you know the fireworks incident that I had mentioned in the year interview? Yeah. That occurred on the night of Eurovision. Oh, really? Yeah, and because they felt that it was kind of in poor taste to broadcast such a light entertainment show while this was happening, and also for like news coverage, they cut the broadcast early, which led to the Dutch using an emergency backup jury rather than televoting. Oh. Oh, wild. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, but um, this song was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> God, that's... <laughs> I, that's a hard pivot sorry yeah um but i mean let's just talk about it the outfit so she's wearing this like i said circus tent couture maybe couture is too strong a word but it's like i don't even know it's like okay, if you've this ever black and wait, what if you've ever seen the george balanchine choreography of the nutcracker oh mother ginger this is mother ginger but condensed down slightly and then given ecstasy Absolutely. <laughs> and it's just incredible, too, because, like, it's a, it's such a hard pivot from, like, the kind of, like, soulful beginning of this song. Then it goes to full dance song. Two people jump out of her dress, take it off to reveal, like, a skin-tight silver bodysuit. And then just, like... With hella tassels. With hella tassels. And then they just give their very, very loose uh, choreography <laughs> with a dance beat. And it's a lot of fun objectively not that great um but it's a good song for uh the beginning of the contest i think and um it had a strong finish yeah um the 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 start of this reminded me a lot of ray of light by madonna um oh yeah like the very start yeah which is high praise for me because that's like hikey loki my favorite madonna song um but this 
it, it 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 went downhill from there. I think she was she was a little bit off on the choruses. Yeah, and she's not the last person that's going to do that tonight. Like I suspect there might have been the some first sort either. of yeah. Well, they don't count. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I suspect there might have been some sort of monitoring issue or something like that overall on this show, but she was still off on the choruses a little bit. Uh, this song also had a key change and two costume changes. Absolutely. So, what was the second costume change? Uh, the male backup dancers ripped off their shirts. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, whoa. Oh, I just saw it. It was like they vigorously they were like, too. It was yeah. quick. It's like thunder from down under. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this th- this was this was this was fun. It's of dubious quality, but it was fun. I said that this song seems to me of the same genre as like a modern take on kids music. What do you mean? I don't know if that makes any sense, but when I listened to it, when I listened to the chorus, a lot of the sonically, it was reminiscent of the strawberry shortcake theme song, but like the newer one, it's like stress, 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 strawberry. What? I don't know. Fuck? I don't know. That's probably you've gone entirely from, over my head with that it comes from an adult mind i feel that connection there <laughs> um oh boy but uh i honestly i can't say much about this song in a particular good way or bad way her mm. pinwheel pattern uh like massive vinyl acrylic whatever that thing was yeah. was impressive <laughs> and then it broke apart, and I think with it, the song kind of broke apart as well. It not not in a terrible way, but in a she had some uh, vocal falters, like we mentioned. Um, I thought she wasn't able to really kind of capture the emotion of the song, like of what she was trying to say. She wasn't really able to uh, match her voice to those lyrics. She was kind of a generic singer. Mm. I was pretty middling. That's a good word for it, middling. Yeah, because particularly in this year where we have a lot of like, this is like actually pretty decent sort of songs. And then a lot of this deserves to be in the basement sort of songs. This was neither of them, <laughs> yeah. which, yeah, yeah, there you go. Like it was, it was, it was perfectly serviceable. It's like, it's a perfectly fine song. It's just not transcendent in either direction. Oh, so that being said, do you think it'll place in a middling way? I do. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll end up like bots. I think there's a song that's more middling later on. So I think this will be <laughs> like 12 or maybe 13th space. Maybe a little bit lower. Gotcha. All right. So after the Netherlands was the UK. And it was Nikki French with the song Don't Play That Song Again. I have a theory. Oh? So the uh, the UK was like, hey, what's hip with the kids in the year 2013? That's right, Nightcore. Now, what? what's hip with the kids in the year 1974? That's right, ABBA. 
Let's combine the two. This is an Abba Nightcore song. Bam, mind's blown. I don't I think I understand. I did not make that Nightcore connection. I didn't either. I, and I think I don't think that one can. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Um, I, I made that Abba connection so strong that I'm wondering if there's a controversy corner about uh, accusations of plagiarism. Yeah, uh, I don't... Not that I saw. Because, dear God, this sounded straight out of, you know... Abba's gold album, greatest hits, whatever. It's the thing is, it's straight about it's straight out of this. This does sound like it could come off gold if gold was produced by like a happy hardcore Euro dance producer from the 2000s. Because um, it's really got it's laying on the like plur candy kid cheese, but it like the the actual melody and the harmonies. And the structuring of it sound very ABBA, and there's a like a, a little bit of the a little bit of the pre-chorus that sounds like it's straight from Fernando, just like the melody, yeah. Uh, but still, possibly the best British entry that we've seen yet. I, I mean, maybe. Um, it seems kind of. I, I guess I'd have to think back on some of the previous British. Bonnie entries, Tyler but... was better than this. That's true, actually. Bonnie Tyler was better than that. But, um, yeah, this was also horrendous choreography. Yeah, I when I was watching it, I said that I hate that Eurovision constantly makes uh, people of color do white people dancing. And it really <laughs> just doesn't read well. Yeah, this would have been much this like if you listen to this without the video, it's like, oh, this this is OK. And if you listen to this without the video and then change the instrumentation for a, something more natural sounding then it could be legitimately decent if somewhat abba cover band but saying all i'm saying is that nikki french if she were as popular as Cher, could easily have filled the role of Cher in mamma mia 2 um mm-hmm. hey, oh, in mamma mia 2 speaking of that how old do you guess this woman is oh i don't know i don't know i have legitimately no clue something she's 35 which again, I, I'm not making a judgment at like the way she's aged or anything. I think she's just like styled to look so old. I feel like that's like such like an old lady haircut. It I is a very old lady haircut. Really, that's funny because it looks like she's an older woman styled to look longer, to look younger. Yes, I <laughs> entirely agree. Because she has like her midriff out, and she like yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty it's funny. Super weird. Um. But yeah, this was, I don't know, I thought this was pretty good. I remember this being absolute garbage, but um, I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised watching it this time. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. And if you don't think about it too much, this was pretty good, to be honest. Um, the not thinking about it too much is an excellent connection. Yes, because if you think about it too much, you'd just be like, well, this is just a worse, worse version of this, 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 and this. But um, it stands up pretty well on its own, I guess. Um, gets kind of lost for me in terms of the context of this year but not bad yeah i'm i'm with you i think it's 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 kind of similar to the to the last song that we just watched and that like it's since it's not one of the really good ones and not one of the really bad ones it's probably going to end up in the middle i think this could stand to be towards the upper half of that middle but like it's still it's it's not a top song it's not a bottom song also, can we talk about this is like the worst title? Because like I feel like the song is just like asking for people to like make jokes about don't play that song again. <laughs> yeah. Like um it's a bit like the the 
was it one direction that made a song called best song ever yes yeah like that but the opposite yes do you have an I, idea i don't i'm i don't quite know where it'll place but i don't think it's as good as you two are giving it credit for oh that's entirely in fair yeah <laughs> No, no, even in the running. Like, I don't think... Oh, really? Okay, I yeah. would I would say this is one of the lower tier songs. It's not It's not the dreadfully bad, like Israel or some yet to come. But I, I mean, to me, this feels like a middle of the bottom half. Like, right around the bottom quarter. Mm-hmm. Rather, the edge of the bottom quarter. Yeah, like 17 to 15 range. Okay, yeah. Okie doke. So... That we are moving on to song number four, which was Once in a Lifetime by Ines from Estonia. Okay, sorry to hijack going first for the second time in a row, but I, um, I, I just have to, to clear the air here. This is the first time that I am ever going to criticize a song for being too dancey. What? Never this, did I think the day would come. Yeah. Um, this song did not need to be a dance song, and they forced it, and well, it didn't end well. What should it have been? It should not have had this. It didn't need the reverse bass line. It didn't need the 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 stupid drums. It needed way more strings. It needed way more like soaring instrumental on the chorus. Like I feel like if you if you reached in, lifted out the vocals, and put them in a different song, it could be much better. But they just like they were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to write like a cool soaring ballad, but no, it's Eurovision 2000, so we have to give it like some stupid Eurodance beat. And it, I think, really does the song a, a disservice. Do you think it would be fair to say that if this was a soaring ballad that you still wouldn't like it? I would like it more than this, but I would dislike it for <laughs> other reasons. <laughs> That's an interesting take, Ellis. The thing about this because one... If I'm, yeah, sorry, go. If I may, I took on the opposite approach to disliking this song. Mm. I, you said that removing her vocals and putting them somewhere else would make the song better. I think if you keep the backing instrumentation and give her voice some more kind of grime and like, like a little bit of like a vocal creak or you know, make it worse, it feels it, it would help the song out considerably. I think because I agree more with you. Is, it feels very manufactured. Well, I, I think it sounds manufactured because of the bass and the drums. I don't know how closely you're able to listen to it right now, but the, the constant on this, like, it, it, it makes me think they're, they're, they're trying to go in two different directions here. They're trying to go, like, I think this this could be, they, they, they get stuck in between, like, belter and banger. And they need to just pick one or the other. 
I, I guess. Mm, yes. I don't yes. think this is meant to be either a belter or a banger, though. I, I, this could be a much better belter. But that's not what it's like trying to do. Well, well, and I'm saying it should. Okay. I don't know. I, I thought this was like, this was like just above, this was above middling for me, but it wasn't, it didn't breach like good category. I, I don't know. I thought it was just fine. I mean, I agree with you that I kind of wish that her voice made more interesting choices, Millen. Um, I mean, I have to talk about like the staging and the fashion. So, oh yeah, oh, the necklace. This lady. I, I'm very interested to hear your takes on this because I feel like I might be in a different camp than the two of you. I kind of like it, low key. Like, okay, so <laughs> it, it's she's wearing like a a very tight, like a uh, military green tank top with and same color pants. Well, uh, yeah, and then uh, a like a thick sequin belt, same color bootleg pants, and then a same color cowboy hat with a very uh, large choker. The uh, the necklace is throwing me back to 1998 right here with uh, oh yes, Daddy Kink Liberace. Yeah, absolutely, very that. Um, and I think it it really shouldn't work, but it sort of does. Um, and on the weird little like LED screens, there's a stock image of like some aloe vera with uh, water droplets on it. It looks like a default Mac desktop background. I I wouldn't be surprised if it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, the song is very unremarkable for me, and I think the fashion's kind of fun. So yeah, I I like this fashion quite a bit more yeah. so on the backing dancers actually, but. This could totally be some kind of Instagram influencer fit uh, today. God, it could, and I. I hate feel like that. um, uh, shit. Um, fuck. What? It, Lil Nas X would wear this outfit. <laughs> Lil Nas X would rock this outfit. Actually, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a really good take. Actually, yeah. that is. I I fully agree. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I as far as where the song places, I. I don't know if I personally have much more to say about it. Uh, I I think this is the an example of a song that is bad, but not bad enough to be shot to the bottom. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Um, also, just I don't I don't like the fashion as much as either of you. <laughs> um, uh, but I think that's also largely in part due to that stupid, stupid screen background that made me think of the uh, the Honda F1 cars from 2007. Um, but regardless, yeah, I'm 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 with you in that. I think this is trending towards the bottom. And so, in slot number five, we had France, which was Honora du Ciel by Sophia Mestari. This was a departure for sure. The first one so far not to be four on the floor. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, I don't know. I think her outfit is terrible. Let's just, I think it's very um, matronly and all the same color, which I don't really love. <laughs> um, matron or matrix? Matron. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, okay. Bit of cool. both. Bit of both. Um, but this is very like France in this era of like sending kind of like a soulful jazzy ballad. But I feel like it's the worst version of that. Um, like uh, in 2003, like the the French song was basically this, but just executed way better. Um, and I can't really put that out of my mind. The vocal's pretty impressive, but the song kind of just goes nowhere for me. Uh, I like the the red lighting. I thought that was kind of cool and created a vibe. And I like that there was a band on stage, but I don't know. Yeah. Not really for me. I think this is one of those songs where like the song itself and the actual construction of it is fairly high quality. That said, like it doesn't necessarily resonate because it doesn't do much interesting. Like I think this is the most I think this is the most well made song of that we've seen yet. Yeah, that we've seen yet. Yeah, but like. I wouldn't necessarily choose to listen to this over the UK, for example, just because, like, yeah, sure. This is less interesting, I think. It was it was very bland, which I thought was pretty interesting because she had a fairly unique voice. Yeah. Um, and I was writing my notes about Estonia, and I was like, wow, if only her voice were more interesting, she could really make this song. And then I hear France, and it's the exact opposite. Her voice is so much more interesting than the song itself. If they swapped places, I think it could be something pretty unique. Um, but as is, this one felt like a boring, like maybe early era Jason Mraz. Um, <laughs> a little bit more pop. Oh, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I don't think this is going to do well. I think it could, I, honestly, I think it could rank pretty close to Estonia. I think this is, um, I think this is significantly better than Estonia by virtue of knowing what it is. Um, but like, yeah, this isn't, I, I could see this also doing a little bit well, um, A, from the fact that it's France and B, from the fact that like the people who want to vote for a jazzy ballad have this to vote for. Um, cause this is not a very jazzy ballad sort of year. So I don't know. I think it could get some, some, some push from that, but it's not, it's certainly not going to win. Probably not going to get within like top eight. Yeah. And I feel bad because like I said, she's a really good performer. She definitely has soul and conviction. This is just all down to the song, which is kind of unfortunate. The song has neither, but she has some. She has, yeah, she has both. I think. Yeah. Yes. I'm with, I'm with Ellis on this one. Hmm. Um, but yeah, speaking of jazzy ballads, um, moving on next to Romania, the song number six was called The Moon by the artist Taxi. Now I hear how the wind is playing with the stars of my night, simply because I have you near. Now I feel when the moon is playing, going and on and on with my heart, simply because your love is real. Oh. And before we do that, we're going to Controversy Corner. Controversy Corner. Really? Yeah, we are. Okay. Um, Is it because, uh, it w- was it a question of, like, scientific ethics after they crossbred Bono and Getty Lee? <laughs> good take, good take, but uh, not quite. So uh, this song was chosen in a national selection. And originally, televoters were to be given one hour to send in their votes after the performances. And without announcement, the televote ended up being extended to three hours. 
The second placers, which was a group called Valachia, threatened legal action with the broadcaster because oh. they claimed that they were in the lead after the pre-planned first hour of voting. Um, yeah, when I was watching this with Ellis, I didn't really remember the song as it was starting out, and then I started to listen to it, and I was like, oh, is this like the... Song. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about because we both had already listened to this one. And then it got to the chorus. And surely enough, that was what I was talking about. Um, but other than that, I think this is pretty bad. Um, I don't even know. Like, I feel like this is trying to be very um, kind of like early 2000s, easy listening jazz, Nora Jones type beat. But it just ultimately fails because I think the singer lacks a lot of charisma. And he needs to enunciate more. He was Diction. speaking in English, and I couldn't really understand it. They also kind of forced the pan flute in, which I think didn't really fit. Also, there was a guitar solo, which I thought was really weird. Um, and then, like, the whole part where what? he's like... Wah, 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 wah. Like, he like did, like, this weird, like, thing where he, like, didn't say any words, but he just did, like, guttural noises. It was a lot. Um, I think the song tried to kind of... Tried to fit into a lot of genres of, like jazz ballad rock ballad uh like uh traditional folk song and it kind of failed on all fronts and i didn't really have a lot of fun and he didn't really have a lot of soul or conviction as a performer and that's what i think uh his voice sucked um he this was weirdly enough the start of a trend of some songs that we see later of uh, something akin to yodeling. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> similar to like how the cranberries do it in uh, Zombie. It's that's not really yodeling, oh, but I it's wish also this was the cranberries. Imagine. Oh yes, I wish this was the cranberries. I that particular element sounded like the cranberries to me. Everything else sounded like Counting Crows. Oh uh, yes, Mr. Jones and me. Absolutely. Oh, that is such a good oh, if you look at any individual component they all sound straight off of a counting crows album B-side. however when you put them all together it sounds 20 times worse than any <laughs> counting crows song and i'm not a huge counting crows fan <laughs> like this song just sucked yeah it wasn't it was not nearly as bad as israel but knowing that israel's was intentionally atrocious makes this feel worse yeah, this in was, my eyes. This was way too it, sincere. It feel, it's mismanaged, the composition. It's all over the place. He's not doing anything. He's not like making any points. He's just a wild, wild man with very small glasses. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it truly cannot be overstated how bad this man is at pronouncing words. Like, it, it, it's absurd. The entire thing, it sounds like me doing a Swedish chef impression. <laughs> Like, I I did not, there were, I, I continuously forgot that this song was in English. And then he would say, now I'm here. And I'm like, oh, right. That wasn't another language. That was just unintelligible. No, he doesn't say, now I'm here. He says, oh, God. And then also there's a, so there's, it, it opens on pan flutes, which is like already a, a, a choice. Um, I mean, I had high hopes for it. I know, yeah. same. I I love myself you a good pan go, flute. You could go very well with some pan flute. Yeah, um, but then it turns into whatever the the rest of it is, and then it goes back to the pan flutes for a ripper pan flute solo. 
and then it goes straight from a ripper pan flute solo into a ripper guitar solo and then it goes back i don't to, know i'm not a fan of that style of guitar solo in oh, particular i'm not necessarily either but just like that's also there and then it goes back into inane mumblings mm-hmm. so this was all over the place but none not good places do you think that the viewers at home will feel the same way <laughs> yeah <laughs> just in easily the bottom 10 maybe even the bottom five i certainly hope so all right and i think that means we're ready to move on we've got song number uh seven now which is desire by claudette pace from malta Before we do that, we are, uh, I don't even know how to classify this. This is either like a fact fjord or controversy corner. <laughs> Welcome to the fact fjord. Uh, so this song was chosen as the official song of the UK's 2001 gay pride. <laughs> what the fuck? But conversely, she is currently a deputy speaker of the Nationalist Party of Malta. What which the fuck? is the Christian Whoa. conservative party. Which also, if you remember from our 2013 episode... Is this the same party? It, it is the same party that Gianluca from Malta uh, spoke before, talking about like his moralist politics. <laughs> what the... What? Why does Malta keep sending right-wingers? That's incredible. Um, also... Any, any Maltese listeners, feel free to comment. <laughs> yeah, we would love to know. Um, and this is also the first song in 28 years to feature the Maltese language, which I didn't realize it actually did until I read that on the Wikipedia page. That's really cool. But I love this song. I thought this was very... I think uh, a good way to describe it is it, it sounds like something that would be included in the soundtrack of the like Rugrats Wild Thornberries movie. Very um, movie set in a jungle soundtrack vibes. I, I think yeah, that... Okay, I'll just... What? If I may just read my notes here, yes. Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Dude, we're getting tro- we're getting Tropicana in this orange juice. <laughs> the intro was rather confusing, but I think I get it now. Disney original soundtrack, anything oh. remotely exotic. Yes, that yeah. is exact exact same uh, conclusion as the one you reached there. Hmm. I thought the uh, there is an instrumental break that sounded like music from Wii Sports Resort to me. Oh yeah, oh, nice. The golf theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought the song itself was a lot of fun. Again, if you don't think about it too hard. Yeah. Because if you think about it too hard, it's like, okay, what is, it's kind of just like a disposable pop song with like a kind of vaguely tropical and yeah. quote exotic sound. Um, it's not nearly as insipid as it could be. Right. It, it, it's slightly subtle, which I appreciate. Um, like I said, I hate her hair, makeup, and outfit. Um, also, one of the backup singers looks like Guy Fieri. What? But like thinner. Oh, I missed that. That's the, awesome. The, Excuse me. The dude on the far left has like dyed white hair, and I just saw him. I was like, "Hey, Guy Fieri." That's awful. It's really not that close, <laughs> but it's like that's the connection that I made. Oh, I, 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 just, I just saw him. And I don't really see the connection, but yeah. I under, he does have uh like sp- spiked bleached hair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much else there is to say about this one. Yeah, there's a there's a very brief spoken word bridge, which is kind of fun. <laughs> was there? I forgot. I was wondering what that 
Does Does anyone know what that what she said there? No. Was that the Maltese bit? You're yeah, I think so. Actually, listen to that. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what it means. Um, All right then. Yeah, it had a key change. Mm-hmm. There was uh, right. Oh, at the end, she like threw her arm out to the side, and then there was a very sharp zoom out, which I thought was fun. Oh yeah, we uh, like the camera work on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Kazuchika Okada. Um, the king of camera work is is coming up. Oh though, yeah, we it. haven't oh, got it there truly yet. is. Yes. <laughs> um, I I liked her own car- choreography. I think she she had some moves. She yeah. sang some nice chords. Yeah, like this. this Weirdly is... enough. Yeah, go. Oh, go. Okay. Weirdly enough, this is in my top ten. Huh. I support that. Like it's not it's not high, but it's in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Her her choreography was much better to I find the somewhat comparable UK choreography. Oh, so much better. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, do you think this one will actually be in the top ten melon or um or what? Yes, yeah. That's that's what I meant by that. Oh, okay, got you. Okay. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see that happening. Hmm. I'm not opposed to that. Kidokes. So we are at Song Number Eight now, which is My Heart Goes Boom by Charmed from Norway. Yeah, it does. Talk about 2000s fashion, turn of the century clothing. We have the original little shirt, big pants. <laughs> yes, before um, <laughs> Lithuania did it this year. Because um, we have, oh, I don't even know. So we, so the, I think the most early 2000s outfit was the like Jinko, the black Jinko jeans with the spaghetti strap tank top and like this weird bolero thing. And all of them had like this like weird uh, feathered hair, feathered, vaguely spiked brown and purple hair. Like legitimately, I think it has feathers in it. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of falls into this weird uh, trend of Eurovision late 90s, early 2000s of Scandinavian country, countries sending like vaguely ABBA adjacent Schlager bands. <laughs> and I think that this is a pretty poor interpretation of that yeah i think the song itself is pretty cheap but not in a particularly fun way um and their vocals are rather unremarkable (laughs) what's that melon liked it oh okay speak on it okay this one felt like another disney movie soundtrack piece yeah except one that could be more commercially successful (laughs) than the malta uh than malta than the malta uh, than malta's entry um vocally like i think this could be a hit with the youth uh their energy was amazing they could all sing fairly well on their own which compared to another group later uh, (laughs) (laughs) is apparently something worth praising um that that's very true yes i i loved the fact that they had this uh rather goth aesthetic no not goth very like uh hex girls 
like industrial Maybe. industrial rock vibe cyber goth sure, yeah <laughs> like those goths was, dancing under a bridge vibe. That, that is what i was thinking exactly when I said cyber that goth. is exactly yeah. it. it's that not exactly it it's not quite as emo as that but it's it's trending in that direction yeah schlager cyber goths yes exactly is a band name continue uh that was so completely in contrast to the incredibly vibrant uh screens behind them and like the flashing lights and the you know the tv kind of color test bars yeah um there was so much in this that clashed in a good way i thought um uh, just aesthetically and i had fun with it i this was not a i this was not an ironic fun like israel this was a more genuine fun I'm going to invoke the words of a very wise woman, and I'm going to say that it's fun to have fun, but you but have, you to, have know how, to know how. And I don't think they do. I think that they are trying too hard. I think they know how to have fun. I don't think they know how to help other people have fun. I don't know. I, they but, look like they're having fun. Can you fun. tell me what that means? <laughs> oh, yeah, also, yeah. What does that even mean? It means like they're, they're having fun. The, the, uh, the, the whether, the, whether it makes the audience have fun is questionable, but I think they're having fun. But I think I that okay. it's, it's, it comes off as so, like not genuine because yeah they're just like we're having fun isn't this fun aren't we having fun <laughs> i don't know that's a vibe yeah. i get um this song is cobbled together i think from a number of other different sources uh, including getcha getcha goo from phineas and ferb <laughs> um the obligatory phineas and ferb reference yep, there it is <laughs> i'm walking on sunshine oh, I mean, oh interesting i oh yeah that very that Millen, you're saying something Oh, no, I was going to say um, the guitar riff from Romania's entry was also very love handle-esque. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. But so we, we, we already have a slight Phineas and Ferb reference, but yeah. we didn't mention it. So <laughs> uh, please continue. This Sorry. song may or may not also contain sleigh bells, which I thought was disgusting. Um, missed that entirely yeah they're not very prominent and it's probably just like a hi-hat but i i thought it kind of sounded like sleigh bells and it made me laugh um there's also a chunk of the melody that sounds like it's ripped from our house which i thought was funny um if not necessarily ripped but it just reminded me of it uh also this had one of the gnarliest key changes it was so bad it was despicable it was truly, truly an awful, awful key change. Kitschy group choreography as well. And key changes. I feel like and key changes. more oh, than half the songs had key changes. Um, but yeah, this is already kind of polarizing among us. How do you think that the audiences respond to this? Oh, dear Lord. I think that this will be okay. Um, because I think that this is one of the better schlagery songs this year. So could of getting the schlager block vote delighted by the fact that i've just said <laughs> but yeah like i feel like there's a lot at the schlager uh ticket is broad this this year i would say so as well like there's a, there uh, this may be i don't know if it's the best one but uh, regardless of that there's several of them um i personally think this will do almost dead center Okay. I, I yeah. like it. I like it. But the fact that we are so polarized kind of clues into how I think a lot of other people will feel. Yeah. So assuming that concludes our thoughts on Norway, we are moving on to song number nine, which was Solo by Al Su from Russia. And we're going to, con or no, we're going to Fun Fact Fjord first. <laughs> 
Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord. So, uh, Alsu, 16 years old at the time, whoa, uh, was the daughter wow. of a Russian oil executive and parliament member <laughs> who was named the 100th oh. richest citizen of uh, Russia by Forbes in 2004. That's really funny. Uh, interestingly, this song became the highest selling single in Russia of all time, hmm. which ended up only wow. being surpassed by another one of her songs, which was a duet with Enrique Iglesias. Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay. She also acted in a British horror film, Spirit Trap, alongside Billy Piper. And the songwriter, one of the songwriters, uh, Andrew Lane, is an American uh, songwriter who has also written for the Backstreet Boys, Hannah Montana, and for the High School Musical soundtrack. I was gonna say Backstreet Boys. That makes sense. This is by far the most Backstreet, like in sync, New Jack Swing e song of the night. Mm-hmm. Like this is this New is New Jack Swing. Okay, maybe not New Jack Swing, but like this is the most like R and B '90s boy band pop one. Yeah, I would say it's like it, well, it's it's Russian Britney Spears is what it is. Yeah, that yes, yeah, yes, that's yes, exactly yes. what it is. <laughs> I I said the same thing, Jonathan. This song. Uh, to me, I'm. Can we just perhaps remark on the trend of, I don't know, sexualizing young girls in yeah, Eurovision? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, you said because remember that girl yeah. from Croatia in 2003 who was also 16 yeah, and wearing exactly. nothing? Yeah. The, yeah yes, it was weird. Her voice was very clearly meant to be like sultry and attractive, which feels weird when you know that she's 16 and it also didn't really help her for the verses because she, she kind of lost uh she lost volume there in a big way in an attempt to keep her voice have that same uh tone to it um and then you couldn't really like hear the verses as much or rather they they didn't really grab your attention as much um but i don't know the fact that she's 16 makes me uh feel unsafe <laughs> yeah because the, the the outfit too like i at one point she's wearing what is essentially a sequined napkin across her chest <laughs> and i yeah. i like asked jonathan at some point wait does that thing have straps or is it just taped uh because there are straps but they are tiny like this is very skimpy <laughs> yeah um and also back to her voice i think that I, I think this needed the song needed a different singer. I won't necessarily say better, but um, yeah, her voice is kind of sultry and like deep and also kind of weak. She doesn't have a lot of conviction. Um, and I think that this kind of calls for a more Britney Spears kind of like easy breezy <laughs> vocal, which she isn't really giving. Um, I think that the strength of this song is the song itself because I think the choreo is kind of weird and sluggish um and her voice like i said is not really what i wanted to be doing but i think this song is actually really great like it yeah. really taps into this early 2000s r&b pop but in a genuine way not in kind of like a eurovision way of like taking all these tropes and then making a worse version i think this is this sounds really legitimate to me i and was I, probably very current for the time same thing um i 
I wrote down this feels like a real song mm. somewhat. Um, yeah, very. Not that the other ones haven't been that, but they've been very Eurovision schlager, which is kind of a, off in the corner doing its own thing. You know. <laughs> that said, this has a disgusting key change in it. I think if her voice was better, it wouldn't be so bad. But she doesn't quite get those notes at the key change, I think. Yeah, it's also just sudden and horrid. <laughs> oh, and the backing vocal. The backing vocalists were really good. I loved them. The backing vocalists were also wearing these insane mesh t-shirts, but like... Those are the dancers. The, oh, right. Yes. The other backups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, but they... Yeah, it was like like skin-tight black t-shirts with mesh cutouts. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah, the, the backing vocalists were giving you some soul vocals uh, and good... I always think that like backing vocalist choreography is really funny and kind of laughable but at the same time if there wasn't if there wasn't like that weird like weird simplistic like backing vocal choreography would kind of look weird but um yeah i thought they, i thought that they did, i thought that they did great i liked the smoke machine also i thought classist that was cool. for a second what did you say oh if i could just be classist for a second oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i think the only reason that this song is as good as it is is because of oligarchy money you know <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. Like every part of this song that we're mentioning is the work of other people. It's yes. Who wrote the song? It's how it's performed. It's the backing singers. It's the best that money can buy. And then there she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paris Hilton type really, beat. Yeah. Bringing, bringing the whole thing down. Um, so on that note, to all of the Eurovision performers who uh pull themselves up by their own bootstraps you know (laughs) maybe maybe i'm gonna be targeted by some russian official right now but uh i think i think you're doing great i think you should keep going all this considered how do you think someone will do i think it's gonna do great yeah i agree it's it's the most it's the most song this might not be the best song but it certainly is the most song (laughs) (laughs) you melon it, it wasn't it, it wasn't one of my personal favorites but i think from you know everything from the sex appeal to the song itself i think it's going to shoot straight up not to the winning spot i hope but right around there god no this is not this can't win this can't win and have that key change i i think like top 4 easily <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i would go that high but i can see this doing pretty well yeah all right, so we're going to the double digits now with song number 10, which is Envie de Vivre by Nathalie Sorce from Belgium. I'm sorry, I have to start. <laughs> Send it. So, Please continuing do. the yodeling theme that has been established, 
This is like bad. This is, I don't even know. So this is like an American gospel inspired song with a weird yodely, almost like operatic soprano vocal. And she's wearing this weird like Beauty and the Beast wedding dress, which I, is also very disparate with the song and her vocal. And I think that ultimately this song suffers from not having like a gospel soul voice. It has like a very like clean cut soprano type voice. And I think that that really holds it back and makes it very disingenuous and uh, of poor quality in my opinion. Yeah, I thought this was just okay next. Like, I, I have very little thoughts about this song. I wrote down this is pretty neutral. Like, okay, this is a song. Cool. I think this song could have been good if it had gone through more iterations of the creation process. Like, okay, instrumentally, instrumentally, there was nothing there too interesting. I feel like if you had worked on it for a little bit longer, you could have come up with something that kind of piqued your interest um from that perspective and then it sounds like it she hasn't really rehearsed it that well Mm -hmm. like she there was the kind of attempt at the quasi yodeling and then there was a really significant voice crack right at the key change i think yes yeah um about halfway through and it's it's not that it's bad it's just really embarrassing (laughs) um uh, so I think like this feels like a rough draft of a song that you know some student stayed up late the night before didn't go over at all and like sure it's fine it's a song it's good but it's not gonna knock your socks off in any kind of way um, that being said I did enjoy the backing singers little arrangement of like black and cream piano I was gonna say they look <laughs> yeah, like cute. they look like um, they're all will men and women are wearing Hillary Clinton pantsuits. <laughs> they are, and then they also look vaguely like uh, like like people from 1984, the book, not the year. I you saying Hillary Clinton right there reminds me of one later in which a backing vocalist looks like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't oh, catch funny. that. You'll have to point that out. Yeah, I didn't either. I I will. Um, yeah, I don't know. This song is not going to do well, but I have no clue where it's going to place. Yeah, I, I think this will be on the lower end of middle. Like, this is this is going to place it about two, like 33rd percentile. Can, I can see that. I think that's fine. All right, cool, cool, cool. So we are now at song 11, which is Nomiza by Voice from Cyprus. He's dressed like a, a fencer. <laughs> He's dressed like a science fiction fencer. And it's not a good look. Oh, yeah, he really is. Um, but 
that said, this song feels ahead of its time in a Eurovision contest. Because I feel like... Interesting. I think, I think you could... Like, not the visuals, but I think you could take the audio from this and put it in a 2010s show, and it wouldn't be that out of place. I think it's timeless, is the thing. Because when you said... Sorry to interrupt, but... Um, I don't when, know if it would necessarily come before, like, 94, but... Well, because when, when... Yeah, but, like, when... When you said that, I was like, oh, I thought the exact opposite. Oh, but, interesting. Yeah, because this is very reminiscent of, like, ethnic-inspired ballads that dominated Eurovision in the 90s. But also, at the same time, like you said, this would not be at all out of place in, you know, 2010's Eurovision. And honestly, it wouldn't even be all that dated. I think that now that the sound has been established, at least, like, right now, it's not currently considered super dated, and it wasn't... Basically, what I'm trying to say is I think the sound is just as current as it was in the 90s as it is like five years ago. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Um, but sorry, I interrupted you. What? Continue your thoughts. Um, also, for a song that has some drums on stage, the drums in the actual song itself are very weak. But like, this, I don't know. I, that, that, that's about it for me on this song. Like I, the, the, I wrote down, this is good, question mark. And that's about, I think, how good it is. I like this one quite a bit, actually. Oh, oh, interesting. Please go go for it. I will brush my thoughts after. Okay. Um, I think that this one stands out in a really good way this year because I think that there's like Loki one other song that does something similar, but I think it it does stand out as kind of being the only like epic, soaring, ethnic, quote unquote, ballad. Um, and I think at that, it's also a very good one too because. Vocals are powerful. I liked the like dramography, um, and this is this this really stole a show in terms of camera work. Yes, this was absolutely. like absolutely like quick transitions between. Are you talking about the same Cyprus? Yeah, the because, ones where like it does uh, quick. Do you not the... recall Germany? Oh well, that was incredible. But this was also really good too because it was like quick cut to the drums, cut to the one singer's face, cut to another drum, cut to another singer's face. Like I thought that okay, the camera work mean. was exceptional here. I thought that the song was pretty good too. If anything, a little bit, um, a little unremarkable. Uh, it could have gone further and harder in certain ways, but um, I thought this was pretty good and it stood out. So how you two both mentioned that it could exist in a different era, different decade of Eurovision. I don't disagree, but I see that as a negative. It feels interesting. It feels very done for Eurovision, and it feels like it has been continually done. Like it's a crutch almost that uh, performers may rely on in order to kind of boost their chances of getting into Eurovision, just because it's so Eurovision, you know. Um, and it felt pretentious like not not the song itself but the performers felt like they were truly something else when it comes to eurovision and the fact that it's not that this could exist you know 20 years separate with that with the year 2000 being in the middle i don't think they had any right to act as confidently on the stage as they were acting that's funny I kind of so, see that, to be honest. <laughs> that rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. They seem like the type of people I, who would turn their nose up at, uh, like, the German song, for example. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Like, they, 
they don't know how to have fun, but not in a they're trying to have fun way. Like not in a, oh, fun went wrong in a we've never laughed at a joke before kind of way. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're trying to say is that they take themselves too seriously. Yes, yes, entirely. They yes. take themselves too seriously. And the quality of their song felt rather middling. And they seem to make it or they seem to think that it was like the best song on the stage that night, which I guess is an energy that you should have when your song is pretty good, but not, you know, not at the expense of other performances. I don't know if that makes sense. Hold on. Let me rephrase. (laughs) There's a difference between enjoying your song and enjoying being on the stage and performing it and thinking that every other song is trash. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I feel like it's, it's fair to project that onto to these performers for sure. Yes, that that is all. I, I don't. I have no clue where this will place. I hope it's near the bottom. Alice, do you have any thoughts about how Cypress might place, or are you kind of also in the dark? Um. Yeah, I'm in the dark in this one. Like, I think this could end up swinging anywhere in the middle third of it. Um. And I really don't know which end of it that's going to be because I don't know how I can't put my, my I, I can't put myself in the head of a 2000 voter in regards to this song. Um, so, yeah, I I'm, I I don't know about this one. All right. So we are going into song number 12, which is Iceland. This is the song Tell Me by August and Telma. Um, also, it's worth noting that uh, we are welcomed into this by uh, a Blair Witch parody. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So there was this like parody of like Blair Witch where like there was people in a tent and like it was very found footage style, uh, like uh, cinematography, whatever. This is this is not part of the performance. This is for the postcard. Oh, yeah. To clarify. <laughs> um, and then they discover that the noises that are being made outside are from Icelandic horses, a, which a breed of horse, apparently. Right, and then when we were watching it, Ellis and I were like, first question, Iceland has horses. Second question, how did they get to Sweden? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them in Germany, apparently. Icelandic horses? Yeah. how they get there? Just swam? <laughs> did, Jonathan just made swimming start? motions. <laughs> Fucking broke me. Ugh. That That's actually the plot of Frozen 2, is describing how horses got to Iceland. <laughs> uh, Ugh. All right. Um, this song, though, uh, we're we're, ba- we're back in the 2000s fashion. Oh, what boy are we? We have that dude uh, has some serious Malibu energy to him. Tribal tattoo, uh, like weird, like shark tooth esque necklace and bleached hair. Yes, and also he looks like he's wearing a butcher's apron. Yes, and also we have the classic early 2000s um, outfit of shapeless dress with boot cut pants underneath on the lady singer yeah the fashion on this one is really something else and the song is quite unremarkable it's very um 2000s euro pop meets like 50s like 
uh, like twist slash swing because it's very like the. Okay. Ellis looks apprehensive. I... Yeah, I don't know. This we you, you you two have mentioned it a couple times, but this was the most Disney Channel original movie to me. Oh, so completely. Far. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, like this would not feel out of place to me, and like. But, but particularly 2000s Disney original movie, which might just be because that's the period of time that I'm familiar with having been a child at that point. But like this didn't wouldn't feel necessarily too out of place in, say, a high school musical or Camp Rock or something else that is starring Demi Lovato. Um, so, yeah, not a huge fan. I don't know. I liked it. I my notes are shockingly sparse for this one. Mm. I mentioned I mentioned the. um fashion like you two have touched on interestingly enough the female performer looked like a suburban housewife in a style of like a like a modern twist on a kurta which is an indian style of dress <laughs> interesting um, okay yeah usually usually reserved for men uh it was pretty interesting i i was like huh where do i recognize that from um aside from that i said i like this song Certainly not my favorite, but after a fairly rough run, it's welcome. Like I, I wrote nothing about this, but I kind of liked it. So I, yeah, it was cute and inoffensive. I think this is a perfectly serviceable yeah, that song. That is a very good way of saying that. Yeah, the dude also does a a, a very nice aggressive knee slide at one point. <laughs> he does do that. Where he's like, "All right, the breakdown, and then we got to come back together to start singing because we're talking about love, and so we got to do the pretend to be in love thing." I'm going to do the knee slide to get back to you and look like I have passion. And it was fun and I enjoyed it. Um, and I was impressed by the lubrication of his knees. All right. So good sentence. Very good <laughs> sentence. So do you think that, uh, this will impress the televoters at home? Eh, it'll be, it'll be, in, it'll be like 10th. Maybe I remember now. This is the song that I thought was perfectly middling. This is the, mm -hmm. I, the, we said that the Netherlands was very middling. This is to me, door center. <laughs> I feel like that was a pretty uh, accurate assessment. And we are now moving into the next song, which is Colgado de un Sueño by Serafin Zubiri from Spain. Song number 13. Hey Jonathan, quick question. Did you ever find out if this guy was actually blind? I did and he is. Okay, that makes me feel okay. better about it. Because this dude is wearing blackout glasses and there is like... I, I cannot tell if this... I, I, I... Being... With all the other absurd fashion on this show, I couldn't tell if it was a fashion choice or not. <laughs> and I'm glad that it wasn't. Um, but I think I probably have the least to say about this song out of all the songs that we covered. I yeah. forget this one the most. It was the most unremarkable... And I feel like it was kind of the only like bad, boring ballad 
that we had. Or like standard ballad, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel I felt like this song there was a there was an interesting trend this year of songs not matching voices and voices not matching songs. <laughs> and I think this is another example of that where his voice was very like uh commanding and attention grabbing and he has the potential to make the song pretty interesting but everything else about this song is just so like stock like it feels very you know presets on a yamaha keyboard yeah. kind of yeah. thing yes it's if he were singing some grunge or something i think that would be awesome i think that would have uh made things very fascinating and uh, at least like it would have been unique both for this year and kind of general in eurovision um but he didn't so it was left entirely flat for me yeah i wrote down that this one is like it's technically proficient but it's just not exciting like legitimately the only thing i can remember at this is the dude who was dressed like a priest and he was wearing blackout glasses <laughs> like i i don't remember a thing about the song um the, the, i i had this dead middle because i think it is a dead middling performance it could slip down below that easily out of boredom but there's really just not that much about this one that that sticks in the mind which is such an important quality to have at eurovision <laughs> I want to look into what else this guy has sung and see if it's really like if he's really that boring and he chooses to do stuff that that's boring that's that boring or if this was kind of a one-off in an appeal for uh eurovision popularity well this was his second eurovision appearance oh fun fact neat the first being in 1992 oh wow oh and also um the male member of the Cypriot group was the Cyprus representative in 95. It's like that weird guy oh. with a red jacket okay. voice of, um, sure. Or wait, was this? No, he didn't voice, uh, characters in Phineas and Ferb or did he? Oh no, he did. He did voice characters in Greek Phineas and Ferb. Dude, the amount of Phineas and Ferb content in this episode. <laughs> Some might say too much. Too damn high. Yeah. Ugh. But, um, Ellis, did you say how you think this one? Oh, yeah, you said like middling, but like maybe not. Yeah, middling, skewing lower. If people are like, why would I vote points for the board? Yep. <laughs> and I think that we will be leaving you guys with that for this part. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Eurovision underscore rewind. Uh, also, head on over to patreon.com slash vocapgumbo so that you can uh, send some money our way to support production costs and gain access to some exclusive content rewards mm -hmm. uh and i think that's all uh be sure to tune in to our part two episode which is coming out next week oh man that's gonna be a whopper yeah and keep your eyes out for um a new eurovision fast forward coming in your future in the future can't guarantee soon but it'll it'll be in the future it'll happen somehow <laughs> yeah. some way some when um yeah so um that being said i'm jonathan i'm ellis Melon. uh dang we said it Whoops. exactly the same time through discord uh i'm ellis you're ellis <laughs> <laughs> and i'm Millen. amazing <laughs> and that is all goodbye